Hey guys, we want to remind you that the Pet Stuff Podcast is intended for entertainment and educational purposes, not medical advice. We encourage all of our listeners to build a relationship with a local veterinarian. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Pet Stuff. We got all you need. Here to cut through all the mess in the pet industry. It's Pet Stuff. Welcome to Pet Stuff. We're going to bring you all the truth. Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to Pet Stuff. I'm Carl B. And I'm Kendall Lee. And today we're going to be talking about trusting your brand. So, Kendall, tell me, do you trust me? Not really. <laughs> Good, you shouldn't. Now, of course, we're just kidding here, or I think, but there's also a greater issue at hand that, as pet owners, I think we should be talking about more often. One of the ways I see people most commonly misdirecting their concerns is with various pet food companies. I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone say, either in the clinic or at the pet store, Company X is a crap pet food company. Now, I used to ask people why, but eventually I learned that a lot of people didn't really have an answer to this, or at least not a good one. Yeah, and I hear a lot of people just regurgitate information they hear from biased sources, not even careful to consider where the information comes from. Trusted websites like dogfoodadvisor.com and truthaboutpetfoods.com make a lot of claims, but we have to keep in mind these are not veterinary sources. You know, that's a really good point. Dr. Mike Sagman, the creator of Dog Food Advisor, is a dentist, not a veterinarian. And Susan Thixton from Truth About Pet Food is a writer. Now, I'm not trying to bash these guys. Look, I think they've done a great job at creating a community where people can go and have productive discussions. But when it comes to veterinary advice, it may not be a bad idea to use veterinary sources. Now, some of you may be interested but aren't into all the extra technical talk. A few of the sites that I personally use are DVM360, Veterinary Partner, VIN.com, and PetFoodIndustry.com. Now, that one you have to pay for. These are all websites where the content is created by veterinary professionals. So, yeah, the premium pet food industry grows year after year with new trends, marketing labels, and hype. You heard about holistic pet foods. Sounds pretty, doesn't it? Beautiful. But we get so caught up in the pretty packaging that we aren't asking the basic question anymore. Carl, you called one of the holistic pet food companies? Nope. <laughs> I didn't call No, I think you I did call them. You called Solid Gold from Petco. What did they have to say? Yeah, here, we'll run the audio from that. Thank you for calling Solid Gold Pet, America's first holistic pet food company. Hey, how are you doing? I was hoping you can explain to me what the term holistic means. Okay, so we take into all aspects of the dog, so the body, the mind, and the soul. So everything works together. It's not necessarily isolating one from the other. So it means body, mind, and soul? Like whole. Whole is the best kind of analogy that I could I could give for it. The easiest way to understand. I'm sorry, but 
What does that have to do with the food, though? So you're feeding for all aspects of the dog instead of just one thing in particular. So, for instance, it's not just going to be like a protein food. It's not going to only have protein. It's also going to have healthy vegetables, fruits in there, a lot of different aspects that help to make a balanced and complete diet. (laughs) Okay, okay. What did that even mean, feeding the mind, body, and soul? I wish I was a part of the research team to figure out what ingredient fed the soul. (laughs) Maybe it's the blueberries. Who knows? What does that say about trust? It's tough. On one hand, I think you have a company that, when you look at their ingredient list alone, appears to have a decent product, but really, some of their products look very... I mean, very similar to ordinary commercial diets. I try to ignore the marketing because competition and business sometimes can influence those things. I think the most important thing, at least for me, is transparency. You know, is the company performing quality controls? And are they willing to answer my calls and answer my questions? Now, it might be different for some people. I'm sure if you had a pet die related to the Chinese melamine problem in 2007, you may want your ingredients sourced from somewhere else. Well, hopefully no one sets their hopes too high on that one. It turns out pet food companies can be a little tricky when it comes to their labels. I'm sure a lot of you listening have seen the labels saying made in the USA. Well, that's technically true. But maybe it should say made in the USA with international ingredients. We called a few pet companies to ask where their ingredients came from. Let's play the clip. Uh, For example, our lamb and venison are pasture-raised in New Zealand, and we get our wild boar from Australia, our quail from France. It comes from a high-quality facility in Thailand. So as far as the whitefish, it's sourced from Alaska, and the Manhattan is from Gulf of Mexico on the Atlantic Ocean. We do source a very small number of our ingredients from China. We do get our mixed decoffrils and our green tea extract from China. These are ingredients you just can't you just can't source them from anywhere but there. Trace minerals are going to be sourced from U.S., Mexico, and Canada. Vitamins, it looks like all vitamins is Europe. For instance, duck meal comes in from France. Venison comes in from um, Australia. Potato protein comes in from Germany. Dried chicory root comes in from Belgium. Lamb meal comes in from New Zealand. And we do get folic acid and taurine from a U.S. supplier, but it does originate from China. It's the only place in the world that it's sourced from um, for the amount we need in the pet food industry. Wow. You can really see that their ingredients come from all over the place. That might be something else we want to consider. I think so. Some pet food companies own their manufacturing plants, but others outsource to a third-party manufacturer. If you look hard enough, you'll find out that plenty of them are actually sharing the same manufacturing facility. Now, this is totally normal, but the downside, I think, is when something goes wrong, it has the potential to affect a lot more products. And that's another thing a lot of people aren't watching out for. There's a lot of reasons a pet food company will voluntarily recall a product. 
Blue Buffalo had a string of recalls this year, one in February and two in March. In February, they had a recall because aluminum pieces were found in their food. Two weeks later, in March, they recalled because packaging wasn't sealed properly. And two weeks after that, they had another recall due to elevated beef thyroid hormones that were discovered in their product. Yeah, so I did call Blue Buffalo to try to get a little more information about this. Check it out. How it all came about is um, the FDA is the one that brought it to our attention um, from one consumer that had reported to them that they had a um, 15-year-old Labrador retriever um, that was having some issues. So they went ahead and I guess the testing was done um, and um, diagnosed with a high thyroid level, I guess, with this pet through a simple blood test. Um, So with the FDA, they went ahead and brought it to our attention. Was there another recall recently as well? Um, in February, we reported about a, a homestyle recipe, the Healthy Weight. They were just concerned and did a precautionary um, uh, voluntary recall um, due to, let's see here, possible presence of aluminum in one of the production runs. Um, we were not the only one. I guess there was other, like 10 other companies um, that did a voluntary recall as well. Now, you said that there were, you believe there are like 10 other companies that were affected. Are these all companies that are sharing the same manufacturing facility that you use? Um, correct. So we use, um, we have our own plant, but we also have been using and have been using since the beginning um, other co-packers. Um, so we have our quality assurance team um, that work for Blue at these um, sites as well um, with these co-packers. But yeah, there was um, concern because, again, there's other companies that will use those co-packers out there, same ones we would use. Mm-hmm. Were these the only two recalls you guys have had in the last year? Um, so the other one was just last year, um, and that was just because um, some consumers, when they had opened the bag, um, they were seeing it full of mold. Now, I didn't want to argue on the phone, but they did leave out their March 2nd recall for improperly sealed packages. How should we take this? Well, I can't blame her for trying to downplay the company's recall history. The way I see it as a consumer is maybe a little less time advertising and a little more time perfecting the process of making pet food. What do you think? Honestly, this is a really good example of why trust matters. So as pet parents, we should be able to ask our pet brands questions and get honest answers. All right, guys, before we end the episode, I think the biggest message we want to drive home today is to take time to look at the companies that we give our money to. It's not enough to just pick up a bag, read the label, and call it a day. I know it's easy to look at the new companies that promise something different and they're supposedly better for your pets, but remember, there's a lot more that goes into making pet food. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you learned something today. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints, feel free to send them our way. Our email is friends at petstuffpodcast.com. You can also check out our website, www.petstuffpodcast.com. See you next time.